Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 221, Disc Personality Assessment with Sierra Collins. And I will tell you what that is in just a moment, but you're in the right place. This is the podcast that gives you actionable, real-life advice to help you run your interior design firm. Did I say run? Okay, sure, run is great, but it's so much more than that, right? We want you to excel, to thrive, to be profitable beyond your wildest dreams, and to have confidence, true confidence that's greater than anything you've imagined in your wildest dreams. If that sounds good, you are so in the right place. We are the OG source, and I'm so glad you're here. We have a really fun show for you. Thank you to Business of Design member Yaron Linnett. Yaron and his wife, Laura, run Formal Traditional together, and I'm just going to read you their bios on the website because I think they really have a voice and have created a niche for themselves. No wonder they're so successful. It says, Yaron Linnett is a dog person married to a cat person. I'm already like wanting to hire them, right? Like what a great opening line for a bio. Yaron likes to cook, use overly complicated words, and pace while he talks on the phone. He is also the principal designer of Formal Traditional, the only interior design firm in the D.C. metro area which combines both full-service interior design and an in-house fine artist. And then Laura's bio says, Laura Linnett is a cat person married to a dog person. She is the Swiss army knife of the firm. Drop the mic. That is the best line I've ever heard. The Swiss army knife of the firm. That's just so good. She has enough hobbies for 10 people. She is also the lead artist with extensive formal training and an obsession with making sure you actually have enough room to walk around your new furniture. I love the way they just position themselves to be unique And I must say it's working for them. They are extremely successful. What's happening today, you ask? Well, you are going to meet Sierra Collins, as I said, and she coaches people, sometimes designers, on how to peel away the layers that reveal self-discovery. And I know some of you are like, no, no thanks, I'm good. (laughs) I like it over here with my head slightly underground. I don't want to know what's going on. But for those of you who are more curious, one of the tools Sierra uses is called a DISC assessment or a DISC personality assessment. And it's a way of unveiling for you how to more effectively communicate with those around you, clients, trades, staff, you name it. And I must say, in just a very short period of time, I have been able to implement some, a very small fraction of what Sierra teaches. And it really makes sense to me. So I am very happily married. Uh, My husband is a great guy. I love him. But our communication styles are so different. So if we were meeting friends for dinner, the text I would send would be like, Rose Cafe, 7.30 p.m. with a checkmark emoji. My husband would send the following text. Kimberly and I decided it was time to get back to dinners at the Rose Cafe. Sound good? We made a reservation for 7.30 p.m. Let me know if that works for you. We'll see you tonight. You're buying. LOL. That joke never gets old. See you tonight. Right? 
you see the conflict? I'm always just like waiting for him to finish sending a text. And I'm getting kind of snarky and teasing him. And my daughter gets in on the action too, which is so not fair. Um, Our son is way too kind. He would just not engage in this kind of behavior, but I am not above it. So it's hilarious sometimes and ridiculous and stupid of me other times. But after this conversation, I really understood maybe for the first time that I need to adjust my communication style for someone who's style is really different than my own if I want to flow better with that person. In full disclosure, I started the episode a little bit skeptical. I'm like, you know, I'm a really good communicator. I don't know if there's anything here for me. But as I said, I was won over by Sierra. And then because I was able to implement it and use it so quickly, that was even better. I did sign up for my own formal DISC assessment. I guessed I was an SDC but that's not what I am. If you'd like to know what I am, but even more importantly, if you would like to learn some strategies for talking to D's, to I's, to S's and C's, then make sure you tune into MoBOD episode nine, where I'm going to interview Yaron, who's going to talk about how he uses this in his life. And also Sierra is going to share some strategies. Of course, MoBOD is only for Business of Design members. We're so grateful that you put your faith and trust in us. So this is our way of saying thank you and giving back to this community. If after listening to this episode, you would like to work directly with Sierra, she is offering a reduced rate to all Business of Design listeners. You don't have to be a member to get the reduced rate, just a podcast fan. And she'll tell you all about that toward the end of the episode. If you are a Boss Group member starting in October, you will also receive a DISC assessment. So don't sign up for one. We're going to take care of that for you if you could just hold on a little bit. A couple of quick announcements and we're on to the show and I'm so glad you're here. Cheryl, I was a little rusty this week since you took the podcast over last week. I had to think about how to do this again. (laughs) It only takes a little break right now, and it's hard to get back into the swing of things. You didn't you didn't miss that much. It's been it's been a quiet week, but we do have uh, quite a few boss applications to review. We certainly do that as a team. So um, I'm hanging on to those until we meet as uh, as team BOD. We do look at them together. You came back just in time because tomorrow is our next BOD live, which is May 12th, and we're doing open group coaching. So uh, you need to be on the ball for that one. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. So a lot of our members who have, um, you know, we get far fewer questions since updating the, you know, the BOD 15 and other programs. So many of the questions we got all the time are now part of the courses. Mm -hmm. So I have to say the number of member questions we get in terms of the systems has significantly lowered. The kind of questions that people still have are when, you know, something just creeps up on the job site uh, you know, a client says something that's sort of out of the blue and it doesn't directly fit in, you know, right. to the BOD 15, where it's like, I know where the answer is. I'm going to go rewatch that course. So we do have um, members who wanted to get some of those questions answered and they'll look to you for those answers. So many of the best answers are now coming from 
other members who have been with us for so long. Everyone's using the same system. So it's the BOD live meetings all being face to face. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess that a lot of our members are going to step up and answer for each other as well. I love that so much. And I don't know if you can remember way back to when we started, but the kind of questions that we got were so... I'm going to use the word unsophisticated, and that's not a criticism of anybody. No one was less unsophisticated than I was, that's for sure. But people have really built thriving, profitable, exciting businesses. And that means the questions change. They're bigger. They're, you know, it's kind of like the difference between raising a three-year-old and raising a 13-year-old. The questions get a bit more intense and the stakes are a bit higher. And uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, so hopefully everyone can join us for that. So again, it's uh, Wednesday, May 12th, 1 p.m. EST. If you're a member, all you're doing is heading to your dashboard uh, and clicking the link to join us. But hopefully you can attend. And if if you really have a pressing question, you're not able to join us live, feel free to shoot me an email um, before that. And I will ask um, ask Kimberly and the group for you. Sounds great, Cheryl. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Be well. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Sierra. I am very excited to talk to you about... um... <laughs> about communication. I did think of the word there for a minute. I guess I'm not communicating very well today. And that's no good, right? You're going to talk to us about strengths and weaknesses we have as individuals in terms of our communication style. And more importantly, how we're going to overcome those challenges so we can speak more clearly to our trades, our suppliers, and our clients, of course. And frankly, why not family and friends as well? So that's a lot to unpack, a lot to ask right off the top. Yes, I'm excited to talk with you guys about this today. Let me ask you a question. Are most of us more readily able to identify our strengths or our weaknesses? That is so funny that you asked that because when I talk with so many clients, um, people are so quick to identify areas in need of improvement. Uh, and people feel like if they start to talk about their strengths that they're bragging. So it was very interesting as a school teacher as well because so often we talked about filling gaps in knowledge rather than focusing on what strengths the students already had and it giving them enrichment and providing them the opportunity to build on their strengths and identify talents you already have and how you can be using those and what you're doing on a regular basis. I years ago, um, and I'm not even sure I remember what my category was, but years ago, everybody in my life did the strengths finder uh, test. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? This idea that rather than spending time trying to figure out how to become a basketball player, if you're really good at piano, lean into the fact that you're really great at piano. 
Exactly. Yes, that's a lot of what I'm talking about. So one of the perks of doing something like a DISC assessment is you not only learn about your communication style so that you can better reach whether it's a client, a colleague, whoever it may be, but it also identifies your strengths in leadership uh, so that you can really channel the majority of your energy into those rather than focusing on those areas that might not be a great strength, but someone else on your team already has or someone you know and you've been able to identify has that strength can support you in that area. And tell us what DISC is. So a DISC assessment, so the four letters of DISC actually uh, are the four personality types that we talk about. Uh, so the, the, the idea of DISC is not something new. This has been around for a really long time, and I'll go into what those four letters mean. But what I'm sharing with you today is not all new. In fact, it's rooted in ancient history, was developed in modern psychology. So if you know Empedocles, he's a Greek philosopher in 444 BC. I don't know him personally. That's okay, opinion. well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, you don't know him personally, but you might have heard about him before. Um, but he talked about four different elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and recognized that people were different and behaved in a way that was really influenced by those four elements. Um, so then after that, Hippocrates, uh, in 400 BC, he really developed the, the first theory that we were affected by four internal fluids. Um, you may have heard of these before, choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. So there's this history of four and all of these different scientists that were looking at theories in behavior and personality. Uh, so it really started in 1921, Carl Jung um, developed it even further and started talking about four distinct categories of thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuition. So that was the first modern work towards uh, what became DISC. So DISC was finally um, came about in 1928, Dr. William Marston identified DISC theory. And if you, there's a text out there that he had written called Emotions of Normal People. And his theory identified that while each of us are a combination of all four categories, we can connect our personality um, style in varying degrees to dominant, influencing, steady, and compliance. So those four letters D, I, S, and C align with dominance, influencing, steadiness, and compliance. And through each of those, we're able to identify certain characteristics in individuals. So if I meet you, Kimberly, for the first time, I am very quickly able to identify um, some characteristics of your behavior, whether it's verbal or nonverbal communication, and quickly identify what is your personality style and how can I adjust the way that I communicate with you based on your style. Because the idea is not that you communicate based on your own. You want to commute, communicate with someone in the way they want to be communicated with. Mm -hmm. um, and when you are not doing that, that's when miscommunication and conflict occurs. So when we talk about obstacles, we're really talking about obstacles people face because they're working with people that do not share the same personality style and someone that they're not able to communicate as effectively with. So it's really about, you know, learning and using these tools to help us grow um, in our understanding of the other personality types. 
Yeah, this this all makes sense to me that we're all on a continuum and then we can recognize these archetypal personality traits. And when somebody, I guess, I guess the the point is if I'm if I want to communicate with someone, I want them to really hear me and understand it, how I deliver that information matters. It does. It does. So so when you look at uh, DISC, you you immediately know D's and I's are your more outgoing people. So if they're the ones that are uh, walking into an elevator, they're excited to talk to whoever's inside. When you meet someone who's an S or a C, you can expect them to be more reserved and might even pull back into their shell a little bit when they're they're approached. Um, so knowing this about them can affect the, the way that you communicate. And then um, we talk about um, outgoing versus reserved. The other two indicators are really whether you're task oriented or people oriented. So a lot of your listeners can probably identify with one or the other. They're really good at building strong relationships or they're really good at identifying a plan, a process, putting it into, into place and seeing something from start to finish. So, so really it's a combination of these four areas that create your unique personality. So there's not one best personality. Uh, your personality is the best because it's unique to you. Um, but it's really about identifying the, the obstacles that a D faces on a regular basis. So for example, if you talk about a D, um, a D's most significant characteristics are that they like control, they're decisive, they're direct, they're focused on results. And our Ds make up about 3% of the population. So if you can think of a D in your life, um, maybe you are a D, it, someone that has these characteristics, you think about um, the way that they interact with you differently than someone who is more focused on people and building a relationship with you and taking more time to make decisions. Um, so can I ask a question? I'm, first of all, I'm shocked that only 3% of the population, because I feel like I can identify a lot of D people in my life. And certainly I can identify some D in me. Mm -hmm. Most people are not hundred percent D, right? Because that person would be intolerable. Um, it's quite funny you say that. I have only ever um, done a DISC assessment with an individual, one individual who was only D. And I would not like to use the word intolerable because they're actually, actually a good friend of mine. Um, but I have to say that they face a lot of obstacles being so strong in D. And I too face a lot of obstacles in being able to effectively reach them, but I have to change, you know, my behavior to match that. Um, so it's in the way you communicate via email. You have to change that based on their personality. It's in person, it's text, it's on the phone. Think about all the ways we communicate all the time with people. All the messages have to align with their style. And if not, that's when conflict occurs and that's when they become intolerable. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm thinking if this feels complicated, like I, I'm thinking of the work that I've done in my life to be authentically me. And I know you're not saying this, Sierra. I, I know this is not what you're saying, but somehow it feels like, and now I'm going to manipulate my, my responses to, to what? To do something very positive, to reach someone where they are. What's so bad about that? Yeah. So it's funny you say that because if you look at my DISC report, you will see it's almost like a straight line, D-I-S-N-C. 
And what that basically means is I'm almost a social chameleon. And based on the situation I am, I pull whichever one I need to use, good and bad, right? So I want you to think about someone who is sitting at a receptionist desk. I spoke with someone earlier this week, and she said her best quality is that she is able to mimic that of the person that walks in the door. So though she is a SC and very reserved and not a people person, if someone walks in the door who is an I and who is so social and wants to be your best friend and tell them everything about themselves, you have to kind of change the way you communicate in order to effectively do your job. Can you hit me with the initials again? I remember dominant, but I don't remember I, S, or C at this point. Yeah, I is influencer. So, uh, so yes, your I, I wired people, it's actually about 11% of the population. And they're your friends, family, colleagues that are fun, tell stories. They're the center of attention when they walk into the room. Um, but these are awesome, awesome salespeople because they're so persuasive based on their personality. So if you think of really great salespeople, your people person, um, that's your I wired individual. Okay. Again, I'm so shocked. Only 11%. If you go on social media or Instagram, you see a heck of a lot more of the I types. Yeah. Well, that's also, that's behind a screen, Kimberly. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same in person. Um, (gasps) Wait a minute. Are you telling me what I see on Instagram doesn't necessarily represent the reality for everybody? It's hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) You are messing with me. Now, no wonder your own likes you so much. Yeah. (laughs) For that. Okay. So I influencer. Yeah. So now let's talk about your S. So your S is steady. It's about steadiness. These are our team players. They're very loyal, helpful. They can be relied on to follow through on any task assigned to them. And they love a cohesive atmosphere. So they're the ones that thrive in a team setting. And I know that you're looking forward to the percentage of the population. So it is actually 69% of the population are S's. Wow. That's a lot. And that means that they identify most heavily with S, not that they have none of the others. Correct. Correct. Um, Correct. So for me, I talk about I'm CD. So I'll talk about C here in a minute, but D is my second most dominant personality trait. So I have some D in me. I'm not intolerable, Kimberly. You're not. You're absolutely not. Um, but I, I, cha- I channel my D when I have to. And that's something else we dive into is um, who you are and um, your personality changes based on how you want the public to see you. The mask, we call that the mask. It changes based on your instinctive response to pressure, stress. Um, and then it also changes based on how you see yourself in the mirror. So when I was a teacher, who I was when I walked into the classroom with little ones was very different than who I really was at my core. And it's almost like a constant battle because you have to flip a switch. You walk in somewhere and it's like, I have to be this person based on the position I'm in. Well, the best thing to do, Kimberly, is find the position that matches your personality that really allows you to be you. So that's what's perfect about what I'm doing now, because I feel like every day I can use what strengths I do have and not feel like I have to be someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, so back to, to our S's, they're so easygoing, they're agreeable, um, but people take advantage of S's because they don't like conflict. So they can be pushed to do whatever you want them to do because they don't want to deal with confrontation. So a lot of our S's, um, because of their strengths, also have obstacles they face. And that's what we're talking about for every single one of these great strengths that someone has. There's an obstacle face they face that we don't really talk about or think about um, that they're facing on a regular basis and, and what fears they have fear of, you know, for an eye fear of not being accepted because they're a people person and if they feel rejected and not accepted by you, they shut down they don't know what to do because they're that social being right. Um, so that is something else we have to consider as we go through these. So for every positive aspect of the personality trait, there's an equal negative aspect. Yeah, if you think if you want to think about it that way, there there really is. So here, um, I'm going to talk to you in just a second after we go through C. We're going to work on seeing if we can maybe identify where you fall in all of this. Oh. Uh -huh. oh. and then we can and then we can maybe decide what strengths and obstacles you might have or be facing based on your personality style. So let's walk through C real quick. Um, and then, then we'll work on you for a little bit. <laughs> oh dear, what have I done? All right, I am curious to know what C is and I haven't done the math, so I don't know what, what percentage uh, of the population okay. is left. Uh, all right. Well, the C's would be doing the math because our C's are our compliance people. So they are the ones that are on time. They're analytical. They are not at all spontaneous. They are our data collectors. So these are people who love to be in the industry of financial planning. I have some financial advisors that I work with that are really strong C's. They love numbers, um, but they're they're planners. Um, they take pride in accuracy and organization. Um, so our C's are 17% of the population. So that's the distribution there for you. Um, I know you are interested in that. So if you think of compliance, you think of accuracy, detail-oriented people. And let's talk for a second about an obstacle. If I am a D and I'm decisive, I want to make a decision as quickly as possible and move forward because my eyes are on the end goal. And you're a C who wants all the facts and details and wants the opportunity to ask all the questions that you have before proceeding. Can you see where the conflict takes place? Because the C is a lot slower paced because they're accurate. Right. Then the D. And so this is where the conflict takes place. So as you go through a disc, disc assessment or a workshop, you really learn the communication tips for how do I, as a D, work with a C, work with an I, work with an S, right? And, and I even have these great resources where you can post them on your desk. If a client walks through the door or you walk into a client's house, quickly look and see what characteristics you notice and you have tips right next to it of how to communicate with a person of that style. And it just becomes natural. I would see how this could be extremely helpful when you're hiring, because I'm assuming if I'm a, I'm just making this up. I have no idea. Am I, a, if I'm a DS, I don't want to hire all DSs. You're exactly right. There is strengths in having every one of these personality styles in your organization. And a lot of people use DISC assessments for hiring. 
It is a fabulous tool. I recently went to a job fair because it's it's a great way to look at those that you're hiring. Uh, it's also a great way to bring people together. So if you have a team of, let's say, five people, you want to be able to identify how can those five people work the best, the most effectively together. Once you do an assessment and I do an individual debrief with each person, then we come together and we do a team debrief where someone's able to advocate for themselves and say, this is what I need in my environment in order to be successful. This is what motivates me. This is how I like to be communicated with. And it changes the way that they see one another and interact with one another. So yes, it's a very powerful tool in hiring and with existing teams, really helping to bring people together. Interesting. I love this. And I'm trying to think of the people I work with, whether they're a, you know, D, I, S, or C. Yeah. Well, you're thinking about the people you work with, but we got to think about you, Kimberly. So <laughs> did you identify at all um, with any of the things that I shared where you're like, hmm, I think that that, that characteristic might fit me. It resonates with me. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say I am... I S D C in that I S D C. So I, okay, probably why you have a podcast. <laughs> right. All right. Then you said D. I said S, but I was oh. really torn because sometimes I feel like I can be dominant, but a lot of times I feel like like sometimes I feel like an introvert, sometimes I feel like an extrovert. It's, I really walk It depends walk on the situation, right? So yeah. earlier we said, well, we don't really want to change who we are, but we kind of already do. Those of us that are aware of a, of a social situation in our surroundings, we do channel certain characteristics when we need to. That's effective communication at its yeah. finest. So, so that's awesome that you were able to kind of identify with those. So if you are in I, let's say that I is your strongest, that that's the one that you identified with. So I'm going to list some strengths of I. So we have, um, they're, they're creative. Eyes are often creative. They're friendly. They're talkative. Um, they can be very optimistic. So bright, sunshiny people um, that, that bring positivity into a room usually very charismatic. Okay. So these, these all sound amazing, right? Okay. The bad news. <laughs> that, that's yeah, right. That's me on a good day. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But now let's think about how other people might see you from a different personality style. Okay. So they might think that you're impulsive because you don't necessarily sit down and think about all the decisions that you're making and analyze every fact and figure or get the opinion of everyone else before you make a decision. I am never going to let anybody who works for me listen to this podcast. I'm just going <laughs> to say that right there, especially Cheryl, who she cannot hear this. <laughs> Another one, often. Eyes are seen as people who talk too much, so they never get anything done. Now, that might not be true about you, but people might see it that way. And I know I've had times where I've seen it that way. I've been working with an eye and I am focused and I want to get something done and they want to talk about everything but the task at hand. So you start to come up with strategies to get them refocused and overcome that obstacle, right? 
Um, so, so thinking about ways to help them out. So breaking down a 40 minute meeting into 10 minute sections or allowing a grounding activity at the beginning, five minutes. Let's talk about anything you wanna talk about in the world, Kimberly, for the first five minutes. Then we have an agenda, we're focused and, and the meeting will take place based on this topic, okay? So it's thinking about strategies to kind of deal with those obstacles. Um, some people feel, um, not necessarily true, Kimberly, but some people feel um, that eyes can be very easily distracted um, and <laughs> might not be able to follow through on a task through completion. Um, huh, okay, so now I believe you. I believe that that's true. And I'm thinking maybe I'm not as I as I think I am. Okay. Because I'm, I can be super focused on a task, and okay. actually, I'm the person who doesn't want any chit chat at the beginning of a meeting. Let's just get this done. I'm super Ooh. focused on. That's D, right? I think you got a little D in there. Oh, I, yeah. I knew it. I, that doesn't seem good to me. D does not seem like the the winner here. But that's the problem: is people don't see all the strengths in the D. Okay, so you see the obstacles that a D faces. These are confident, they're decisive, they are independent, they are people who are persistent, they excel in emergency situations, they motivate others, they're goal-oriented. Think about all of these great strengths that a D have, has, okay? So I, I think being a D sounds amazing to me, but it's about chan channeling the energy in the right way because obstacles, it can come off as being too aggressive, right? or being too opinionated or feeling like you're, you always have to be in control. So someone thinks you're, you're a control freak because you're a D, right? If you think about how other people see you, you can kind of work on those things. So mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with being a D. And I'm not just saying that because it's a part of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, I hear what you're saying. No, I, I, it is something that I work on. I literally sometimes in meetings just sit on my hands, which is my signal to just shut up. Don't let's just listen. You have nothing to say. Yeah. Just listen, listen to this person and that hear what they're is, trying to tell you. That is a fabulous strategy. So, so speaking of strategies, do you want me to share some strategies that our D's, I's, S's, and C's can walk away with? You know what? I really would like to know this, but I am going to defer this conversation to a members only podcast. And I would like to invite your own to participate because I know he has used this methodology before and is very enthusiastic about it. I do just want to share before we wrap up, um, now that you've seen inside my soul, I can be honest with you. When I saw this topic, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I was not in the least concerned about you, but I did think I've done this before. This is information I know. I've been there. I've done that. So Tom, I know all this stuff or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, this is so good. This is really so good. So, Tom now, Kimberly. Yeah, yeah. So I want more. I want more. Um, tell us how you how they might be able to work with you. Yeah. So I have several different packages specifically for your listeners. Um, and I actually named the packages off of different levels of influence. So it's kind of funny the titles of the packages, um, but influence is something leadership is influence so that's something that i like to talk about so my first package is called the model package and this is really just where i'm working with a solopreneur it's very high level we do a disc assessment a report 
and a 30 minute debrief where we just go through the report together. But let me tell you, Kimberly, it is a 30 page report. It's a lot to handle. So when I say high level, that model package is very high level, okay? So then the mentor package, when we move up to that, we're talking about people who want to dig a little deeper and they want to start talking more about their strength and leadership on top of their personality style, okay? So let's talk about what strengths you already have and how to channel those into your position. When you move into the motivator package, this is also for an individual, and this is the highest level package for an individual. This is someone who's going to um, get a DISC report. They're going to do an hour debrief. Then we create an action plan together based on all of our conversation. And then you have an awesome accountability partner named Sierra who will follow up with you and have additional calls to make sure that we're putting some of these things into place and we're seeing growth in the areas that we would like. Sierra, this was illuminating for sure. And I'm, I'm super thankful you came on the show and I hope uh, we'll get to work with you again in the community. We'd love to set that up. We like to end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind? Um, well, obviously I focus a lot on leadership. So I'm gonna talk about leadership and leadership is not about your title. So you can lead from wherever you are. And I think that it's a misconception and something I didn't understand for a long time. I didn't find myself to be a leader where I was. It doesn't matter who you are. If you influence others, you are a leader and you should be continuing to develop those skills. So don't wait on a fancy title to start developing yourself. Start now, right where you are. I love that. So good. Thank you so, so much. Please say hi to your own for us and we'll thank you too. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.